boys, we're back. We've got guns. A gun. What? I don't know if you know this, but that means it's not real. <laughs> what about this hat? Is it real leather? This, this is Neptune. He's real. Real annoying. Ha! Ha ha! When, I'm just wondering, when did you rob Crocodile Dundee? Probably. You robbed Crocodile Dundee? No, oh! I was technically the outlaw Josie Wales, but it was too hot to wear the, the awesome poncho, actually from... I thought you were a llama. Didn't we do a video with you being a llama? Yeah, that was a whole nother... I went all out for Halloween. <laughs> you have a lot of costumes. Yep. I'm proud of you. Yeah. All right. So uh, we wanted to talk about, we kind of want to do a series based. I, I was doing an intro. I, that wasn't your intro? All right. Go ahead. So I'll just I think, sit over I think here. What Rudolph was trying to say was, um, got a, uh, we've been getting a, a lot of great feedback from our, our affiliate owners out there that are on the program. Um, a lot of great questions along with the, with the feedback. The general consistent consensus is that people are loving the, the old school outlaw flavor that's now been recalibrated to, to fit the 60 minute class and that's going real well. Um, but a lot of questions in terms of, um, I shouldn't say a lot, there have been a few questions in terms of, hey, it seems like a lot of these movements are very repetitive. There's a lot of redundancy when it comes to certain movements. Um, and my, my knee-jerk reaction is to respond to that well, was like, yeah, well, are you talking about the, the strength movements? And yeah, yeah. Well, Olympic weightlifting and strength is a, are two of the huge cornerstones of our program. And to, to build strength requires, by definition, redundancy of movements. I would, but It's like being good at a sport. Right. You got you to practice. To get good at basketball, what do you do? Hit some hit some baseballs. You dribble a lot of basketballs. Dribble basketballs works usually. So that being said, um, I have found in the in in the course of working with Rudy over the last nine to ten years that we have a lot of great discussions behind the scenes, and I think that, um, that maybe there's some doubt, or regardless, that we, we shared more of those discussions publicly in this forum, it would appease a lot of the anxiety people might have as far as you know what's what's the reasoning behind this now. The, the hope is, the goal is for me is that as affiliate owners, when you see this, you see this content a few times, you go, okay, cool, like John says, they got it, the program, they got it. And you take even the time you're using to watch this video right now, and you reinvest that time and that energy and that passion into the things you love to do and then to things that are gonna uh, be way more valuable in terms of building your community and the sustainability of your business, which those last, all three of those are somewhat synonymous, right? If you're doing the things you love to do, <clears throat> taking care of yourself and your loved ones and your family, you're gonna have more energy to put back into your community, which is also gonna make the business more sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. So it could be anything from having coaches develop meeting, developmental meetings to planning more events to competitions, et cetera, et cetera. You know with small business owners, there's always something else there's always something else you could be doing, like that, putting your microphone on. That might have been really bad. Yeah. <clears throat> There's always stuff that you could be doing to grow the business, and we've got the programming. So we're going to go down some rabbit holes. If you already trust us and you got it, or you're just, you know, have other things to be doing, by all means, click it off. But if, if you would like to educate yourself, if nothing else, to answer the questions to your 
clients when they ask about, hey, why is there a lot of redundancy? Then by all means, stay tuned. That's the big thing for me, right? Like when the client comes up to you and says, hey, why do we do so many, I don't know, ring rows, for instance, right? Right. We want you guys to be able to have an answer for that. So being able to tell your clients what you're doing, why you're doing it is super important. And like having good reasoning for it. Why, why, why do we repeat? Why do we snatch on Mondays? Why do we snatch every Monday? Why, why don't we do whatever craziness we want to do? And it's like we were talking about, there's a, you, this is a sport with multiple modalities in it, right? It's much like, I don't know, uh, decathlon, something like that. There's multiple disciplines that you have to be good at. Now, using decathlon kind of as an example, um, what do you think that you, do you know the, the elements of the decathlon? Some of them, you don't know any of them. Mm -mm. Well, that doesn't, that's oh, not. is it like the actual individual events? Yeah. The, they do like the discus and the, what do you think the hardest of the events is or the one that gets the most practice the one that's the high skill do you know what it is javelin oh the pole vault pole vault right no I'm not saying that for sure right javelin they throw javelin yes they throw discus yes I'm sure those are very difficult as well right because that's a, a throwing thing you gotta hit a defined area mm -hmm. but pole vault I've actually, I actually coached a, a, a very high level, like a division one pole vaulter one time and asked them, asked her, how hard is that? Is that? To, you, we don't need to talk, mention Ingrid. Oh. And, and asked her how hard, like pole vaulting looks crazy to me. I think the majority of the world thinks it's crazy. How hard is it? And she was like, it's that hard. It's a combination of gymnastics and sprinting and you got to go over the... It's crazy. Pole vaulting is crazy. So decathletes likely are not, nat they're likely natural sprinters or natural 1500 runners or whatever. Wasn't the, didn't it evolve out of the Greek, the Greek games as far as, cause it was like how they got over city walls to go like fight. If that's true, then it's always been one of my favorite like track and field events. If that's true, it immediately moves to number one. That's pretty cool if it is. I have no idea if that's right. That's just what I what I would guess. But the the point there being is that they they do they still run. They they run because they have to be in shape for running. They have to they have to know what the different distances feels like. They have to be able to buffer lactic acid, blah blah blah. But they don't need to practice running at the to the point that they need to practice something like pole vault or javelin or whatever. Those are those are high skill as well as very athletic movements. So that brings us, oh, Tune is, I'm gonna have to not step on don't him. Don't you step on him. I'm not gonna, he's big though. I don't even think he'd know. So that brings us to our hierarchy of movements. So this is something we've, we've talked about for years. We talked about it at seminars. And it's, it's something that um, I probably was pretty set on in like 2011, 2012, basically because we would go to these competitions, we would, we would coach athletes, we would go to these competitions, even people just in our gym. And what does everybody struggle with? They all struggle with the same thing, right? How long does it take you to teach an athlete uh, how to do a burpee? Three seconds. Three seconds, fall down, right? Damn. Try not to hit, this is what takes the most amount of time. Try not to break your jaw. You can hit your face, it still counts. Or it's it still counts, it just hurts, right? Fall down. Get your ass back up again. Yeah. That's pretty much the entire movement, right? Yeah. 
things like that the the burpee being the sort of the most absurd example of of how easy those things are but things like that don't take very long to teach what takes the longest to teach to an athlete depending on the athlete right unless they're walking the door and they're ex-gymnast first time i tell them to put their hands wide and catch the barbell on the bottom of a squat it usually looks like a monkey yeah indignantly touching doing, a foot, doing wrong things football, to a football doing yeah. not nice things to a football right and those are the things that we never get as far we never get perfect at them right it's impossible to perfect those movements and it's it's they're an entire it's with the especially the olympic lifts are an entire sport under themselves mm-hmm. right it's like if you if all of a sudden uh crossfit hq said Okay, now, you know what? I got a good example. Do you remember the 2011, 2010, I can't, 2011 games, BP, right? Becky Conselman, rest in peace. We were there coaching her, and we were coaching BP. Do you remember the softball toss? Yep. (laughs) Vividly. Literally one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, yeah. right? I think BP was like top three on that, wasn't he? I forget. He was a baseball player in high school, college, whatever, and there was plenty of them. Um, I remember vividly, not to get off topic, but a man and I already talked about turning this into a podcast, so we can get off topic. We can go as long as we want. I remember vividly Michelle Kenny, who was a D1 softball player, won that event, and she would have... Third overall, I think. She had the third longest throw of anybody. I think Rich beat her. Rich was, by the way, a wonderful D1 uh, baseball player. And I can't remember. BP was close to her. Oh, of everybody. Yeah, Michelle Kenny beat all the dudes except, like, Rich and one other person. Right? And the famous thing that came out of that was Jason Kalipa, who was an American, who couldn't... He can't can't throw. He can't throw, right? Now, the Europeans... Right, I think Miko Salo was actually decent, even though he looked like he was like gonna break himself when he threw. But it was funny because you added an aspect of like a real sport into our in, into CrossFit, into the sport of fitness, into the sport of fitness. Touche, right? And what happened there was people who hadn't practiced that sport were complete trash at it. Right? They were terrible. They looked like they were gonna fall down, and there was a lot of right-handed throws that looked left-handed and. Blah blah blah, right? That's kind of the same the the same principle here. Those those people who had practiced baseball, BP was a high school baseball player, Rich was a, a D one baseball player, Michelle Kenny was a, a really good D one softball player, mm-hmm. right? And they were very good at it and outstanding compared to everybody else. Well, same principle as the Olympic lift, right? It's a sport to itself. Mm-hmm. So if we only did it every once in a while, what would we end up looking like? Right? Pretty god awful. Not to mention, if you go all the way back to 2012, I think, I wrote an article called The Importance of Olympic Lifting for the, uh, of Olympic Weightlifting for the Sport of Fitness, which talks about the development of the athlete that happens when they practice the Olympic lifts. Now, this is the key, right? This is, we, we don't really even care. We don't really even care if you have massive lifts, right? We're not necessarily trying to get you to a point 
where you get massive PRs and you can compete and win. We've had a lot of athletes who've had success in that. Can I speak to that real quick? Yes. Okay. So, and that's that's something I I like to point out too. That I like to point out with my coaches and with certainly my athletes and other affiliate owners now. Um, this, we are not utilizing the snatch. The primary function of the snatch in our program is not being utilized for strength. Hold on. Right there, Amanda should edit, rewind that, and do it again. Say that again. Right. right? So that should be twice because it's that important. Right. The primary function of the snatch in our program is not being utilized for strength. When, when it comes to getting you guys strong and your client strong, we're going to use the squat and the deadlift. Upper body is going to be some type of press. That's how we build strength. That's what those movements are for. They're doing a lot of other great things too, but that's those are the primary strength movements. When it comes to the snatch and the Olympic lift, but specifically the snatch, the priority would be things like neuro recruitment, body mechanics, proprioception of, of your body in time and space, right? You're getting, you're getting your entire central nervous system to fire and work, your, and work together and get your whole body to work together as a unit in, in fractions of a second. So you're building the neurological connection from your brain to those muscles. It's like a path through the woods. And the more it gets grooved, the more efficient, the faster things can travel down that path, the more, the more, so like Rudy was saying, the hierarchy, if you're getting better at the snatch, it's so complicated to your body and requires so much juice CNS wise and is grooving so many different movement patterns, efficient, ideal, optimal movement patterns, right? That if you're getting better at the snatch, you're literally simultaneously getting better at pretty much any other dynamic movement you could ever dream up. It's not going to get more complicated than that. Right. So, can I, can I, well, I'm on a roll. Do you want me to slow down? Can no, I, I, well, I want to okay. interject with something to, to add on to your point, but okay. don't forget what you're going to say. Consequently, not consequently, conversely, who are the people that when they come in the gym, we know they're going to be great athletes when we put a barbell in their hand? The ones when you tell them to snatch, their body just naturally do Right. It? But who are those oh, people? The gymnasts. Gymnasts. Right. If an ex, I used to say this all the time, if an ex-gymnast walks in your gym, right, and you want yourself a good regional or games athlete, rest in peace regionals, give them the keys to the gym, let them have a free membership, and you're good that to really go. Goes. Yeah. Because that gymnast is going to be your, your most proficient, technically proficient athlete within weeks, not months, within weeks. The first time you put a barbell in their hand, what are they going to do? Right? You tell them to snatch, they're going to fall to the bottom. Yeah. And hold the bar overhead. And another point. And be like, oh, this is pretty point, easy. Gymnasts and other small children that haven't spent years sitting and driving and destroying their movement patterns, their bodies understand how to stand. I mean, obviously, we don't put real yeah. barbells, but the girls with plastic yeah. barbells, whatever. Yeah. They, they, so, so, which brings me to the point, is a perfect segue into the next point I was going to make when it comes to the snatch. We well, didn't let me finish my point, but I'll okay. get back to Sorry, it. Go no, ahead. go, 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 go. So, we understand that, look, we understand that a lot of clients aren't going to be able to do a full snatch. You understand that. So don't put pressure on yourself. When you see somebody come in the gym, ask them to snatch, and it just looks like a bag of, you know what, like it's terrible. And the movement patterns are all jacked up, and they immediately get stressed out, like, I've got to turn this person into an Olympic weightlifter. No. False. You can. In fact, your job is, in our opinion, to meet them right where they're at and help them improve. What better diagnostic tools, all that stuff that just came out in one movement with Snatch, you are going to discover anyway as far as imperfections in their movement patterns or mobility issues or lack of strength or it all come up. You just got a snapshot of it all at once. So you're welcome for the tool that's going to bring all that to face and then just meet them where they're at. It, for a lot of people, they might just start off hanging, power snatching a PVC pipe or empty bar, right? I, you know, 
uh, I'm a perfect example, right? Just figured out my neck's been twisted for the last 12 years from a, a, a bad jump in the military, right? So for the last few months, I haven't been going overhead at all. So do I do statches? No, I do a lot of stuff, hang power stuff with the clean or, or oh, dumbbell. Sh- shocker. Or, <laughs> the point is, they're just you just meet them where they're at. You don't have, and, I, and then I remind my clients of that all the time too. Hey, we are trying to turn you into a healthy human being that's, that has a life full of wellness and doing whatever it is you love to do out in the real world and quality of life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? And wh- what I'm leaving out there is what, what we're not trying to do is turn you into an, an actual Olympic weightlifter. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, if that becomes a passion, cool. But the program is designed for quality of life and not for living. And that's one of the tools that we use to build that. So my tier one right here is Olympic lifts and high school. Is that too much? No, no, dude. Okay, you you couldn't. We couldn't be. We didn't even. We didn't really plan this, but we actually couldn't be nailing this anymore right now, in my opinion. Okay. Right. My tier one. My movements that we need to see a lot. In fact, every day almost or close to it is Olympic lifts and high skill gymnastics. Who are the most mobile athletes out of all sport? Gymnasts. And don't forget now. Wrestlers, jiu-jitsu. You could say, in my opinion, it's Olympic weightlifters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. At least as far as hip functionality goes, or or through a full strength, through a full range of movement. So here we go, right? So you want to get, you want... Your people, everybody probably does yoga sometimes. Everybody loves to do yoga. Yeah, we do yoga. Shit like that, right? It's fun. You get stretched out, right? But I've heard so much about core development and yoga and everything else, right? Who do you think has a stronger core? A person that that practices yoga, core. Practicing the person, a person that practices yoga or a person that holds a 300-pound barbell overhead, right? Think about, think about trunk stability. What, what do you think takes more? Holding, holding downward dog or holding 300 pound barbell? They both have extremely strong cores. I, I think a better comparison is who do you think has a stronger core? The, the bro bench pressing at the gym that can bench yeah. press four or five or the- it's a, you, yeah. could compare, you could compare it to anybody, right? It, yeah. it doesn't matter. These two things, the bet, look, look, there's a reason that Matt Fraser has now walked through the game. Well, I guess this year he didn't, right? There's a reason that Matt Fraser has walked through the games for four years in a row, five years in a row, whatever. And reason that Tia Claire Toomey, who went to the Olympics as a weightlifter, is so good at pull-ups and everything else, right? Because these two things are so complementary to each other. And forget the athlete, forget the games athletes, forget the competitors, everything else. If we're talking about de- developing strength through full range of motion, mm-hmm. there is nothing. Anybody, I will argue with anybody in the world about this, and I will likely at some point win unless they're really, really smart, right? Or know something I don't know. Strength through full range of motion, there is nothing better, right, than Olympic weightlifting right. and gymnastics, right? right? So uh, because because uh, gymnast, if, if if we're talking about just developing overall body tension without a weighted object, the discipline, the gymnastic discipline becomes the most important thing that we can do. Right. Not swinging a kettlebell. So I can hear some of you guys out there right now, because I've talked to you and I can hear you saying, hey, but for my gym population, for our specifics, you say the, the feedback that I get from a, a few of you has been, hey, you know, I get it. I understand everything you're saying about live with this. It's just, it's just not what my people, it's just not what they're into. You're welcome. It's not what, you know, is, it's not what they enjoy. 
Um, and here's, here's my unequivocal or un, unshakable guidance for that, if you're interested, right? Your people, your clients, your athletes came to you as the subject matter expert. They're depending on you for that. So you're doing them a disservice if you're writing and providing programming that they quote unquote like. At the end of the day, you can make any of this stuff feel like adult recess. And the way we write it, the way Rudy constructs the Metcon is, is to go beyond just checking the box on the stimulus, but to do the stimulus in a sexy, fun way so that it does feel like adult recess. So one of the first things I learned from Rudy when we started uh, coaching and, and running a gym together almost 10 years ago now at this point, I said, hey man, why don't you write it like this? It would be so much easier to facilitate like this. He said, no, dude, we write this at a level at the most opt optimal, hey, at the most optimal level, right? Regardless of how easy, easy it is to facilitate or how much people like it, and people will shock you as far as the level that they can rise to. So don't put that glass ceiling on them. They will shock you. Now I can hear some of you, we'll just have, a, I'll just interpose some of the great feedback we've had. Well, hey John, I got people that are elderly or you know disabilities or this or that. Okay, cool, I understand. You have a, a large degree, of, a large segment of your clients that might not ever, ever do a full snatch. But here, here's our argument to that, or here's what we're saying. You meet them where they're at. Maybe it's it's doing it with a PVC pipe. Maybe it's just kettlebell swings. They can't go overhead, but they're working on the extension of the hips, right? And then the next time, maybe they pair that with overhead squats. Any, you, we trust you guys. You're all extremely. It's it's very heartening when I talk to you guys as far as how well educated and how into programming the general gym affiliate owner population these days it's it feels astounding. good it feels like the nerds have always been the ones following Dude, the people us. still in the game at this point they're really still cool. running successful affiliates because they're, they're all the way in this you guys know how to scale this stuff and even if they never reach a point say you're working with a 760 70 year old gentleman or lady and they're they you know in their lifetime they're never never going to reach that full snatch the pursuit of that full snatch and, and, and you meeting them where they're at with the scales to lead to that, even though it might not end in actually a full snatch, one, you're not putting the glass ceiling on them, you're meeting where they're at and providing them with the stimulus and the, and the coaching to, to see, you know, because how many times you hear the doctors say, tell somebody they're never gonna do this, and then they do that shit, right? You're not putting that glass ceiling on them, you're moving where they're at, you're not getting frustrated, you're not expecting more from them, but you're also not expecting less, you meet, and, and then the pursuit of trying to get to that snatch, one, hopefully, should be fun because they're working on something and you're not just boring the tears out of them every day with the same glorified boot camp stuff you're saying because we don't want to hurt anybody and we want to keep everybody happy, right? You're challenging with that progression and who knows, maybe they do hit that snatch. The point is you're not getting wrapped around the destination. You're meeting them where they're at and helping them enjoy the wellness and the fun they're going to have on, along the process because it's always more fun to be working towards something bigger or better or more inclusive, even if you don't ever actually get there. That's the cherry on top, that would be great, awesome. So it doesn't have to be making Olympic weightlifters. Yeah, I mean, just Does talking about, yeah, I mean, just just talking about th that group of people, that the elderly group of people, or the people that just, they're non-athletes, right? What John said earlier, ne neural development, right? So the ability for the brain, the, the brain to send signals to, to the musculature of the body to make it move faster, right? Yeah. If we if we if we can get if we can develop that ten percent to make it make the body move more fit or the 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 brain muscle sort of interaction more efficient, then 
not to be stupid, but we're talking about somebody that's now going to be able to maybe save themselves from falling down when they slip. Right. It's right. Not stupid. We're talking about reaction time development. We're talking. We're, we're talking about things that like that that you can't put a price on. Right. And I'm going to hit him with a, a beautiful example of that. So. So here's our contention, right? You say this, it's not important, it's not a match, it's not for my clients. If your athletes are humans, if you're training other human beings, right? Then our contention is, is that that's gonna be, that this programming, and, and as much as you might have to scale it, is gonna be optimal for them, right? And a perfect example of that, our, our sites director at our gyms here, our, our two locations here, Ben Roberts, we're gonna have him on one of the videos here soon to talk about how he implements the programming at two different locations on a daily basis, right? But a perfect example, his, his older sister came to us in a wheelchair. She's one of, if not my favorite athletes of all time, Sarah, came to us in a wheelchair. We met her where she was at, started slowly working on her, standing up out of the wheelchair. Now she's running around the building and doing handstand push-ups Seriously? Yes. I mean, it, it took a few years. I, I think chill. she's two, I two and a half years. Yeah, dude. We met her where she was at. We didn't put a glass ceiling on her, right? And and she she provided the drive and the discipline and the persistence, which to me is way more impressive than any anybody doing fitness for time and whatever yeah. event anywhere in the yeah. you know. But yeah, th this this stuff, the the tier one movements. I I added one in there. We probably won't even get to it right now. But the the tier one movements, the Olympic lifts. Excuse me, the high high skill gymnastics. The these are the things that that however many years, two thousand two. So what's that? Seventeen, eighteen years ago. Whenever CrossFit.com went online, these are the things that people looked at that were revolutionary, mm -hmm. right? These are the, these are the things that that for me drew me into the sport. Well, the, the clock drew me into the sport also. But these are the things that when I looked at the site, and I was a strength conditioning coach at the time, professional strength conditioning coach at the time, but when I looked at these things, I was like, uh, holy shit, they want us to do that as part of, as part of working out, like as part of fitness and, and come to find out these are the things, these two things develop more as far as fitness goes, as far as, as, um, if, as far as, uh, just j being a human, a human athlete mm -hmm. because we're all athletes no matter whether you think you are or not right at some point you got to step up on a curb right yeah at some point your foot gets caught on something you got to be able to catch yourself without falling down right right at some point your car runs out of gas you got to be able to run to the gas station or whatever or you got to lift up a, a, a couch or something like that when you're moving right as far as developing all those things and i and i, I we i keep going back to the neurological development and things like that but there's nothing that develops more things than these things. Yeah, and I want to I want to take some pressure off you guys for a second too, because I'm just going through my head what could possibly be going through yours. Because I've spent going on ten, uh, nine, ten years now as an affiliate owner myself, right? So just to take some pressure off, we don't expect you guys. We don't. If we were to come visit your gym, we wouldn't expect to come in and see people doing the Olympic lifts beautifully and perfectly. Not without, the point. Well, that's not the point. You know, we could come in and see people doing stuff with PVC pipes or kettlebells or, or, you know, two degree all jacked up technique, right? What we're saying is obviously there's a, a level of durability and overall safety, like somebody's lifting with a completely rounded back. Obviously, we're not saying, hey, that's okay, let them keep doing it. 
We're saying, hey, little flaws in technique here and there, you know, getting open too soon, not catching in full at full depth, a little clunky, pulling a little early with the arms. That's okay. They're working on it. <laughs> it's okay for it's not a reflection of you as a coach. Yeah, we're talking in. about real people versus competitors now. There's a right. there's a big a massive difference right yeah. because w what's going to make your business more sustainable and make a far more a bigger impact in the world is training real people for real life right now they should enjoy trying to get better they should enjoy the pursuit of trying to make it perfect but perfection is unattainable and you shouldn't put your pressure on yourself or your coaches They're like hey it's a reflection of me as a coach if i come in and people aren't aren't moving beautifully right you give them you give the time and the space and the direction that people that are capable of that can do that. But what's just as awesome is somebody learning how to stand up out of a wheelchair and progressing from there. Yeah. She is in by actually now doing snatches. But my point is, what's more beautiful than the, the false idea of any kind of per perfect movement is people working on moving better and, and more efficiently and raising the quality of life. That's, that's freaking yeah, cool. Yeah, and the, the beauty is, is if, if we challenge them with these movements, oh. right? They're, they're, they're working to the tip of the spear, right? If we say, well, that person's not mobile enough, that person's old, that person's weak, yeah. they, they can't get down into a full squat, blah, blah, blah. If we worry about those kind of things and we just eliminate these movements from their, from their workout lexicon, right. right? Then we're doing them a, a gigantic disservice. You're telling them all the stuff they've already heard a million times before. They can't, they can't, they can't. And you're not even necessarily saying that they can you're just not saying that they can't. What you are saying is I'm gonna meet you where you're at and we'll see how far that goes. And then take the pressure off yourself as far as you're not responsible for any specific outcome. I think a lot of us intrinsically do that subconsciously. Like, oh, we see somebody try to snatch. We see, you know, I know you guys know your stuff. You see a whole laundry list of things, serious impediments to them being able to actually do a full snatching. And you, you immediately go, put all this pressure. Oh, I, I can't get them. They didn't come to you and ask you to actually teach, get them to be an Olympic weightlifter. Right? They did come to you saying, hey, I, I trust you to get me as fit and as well, as optimally and efficiently and, and, and all-encompassingly as possible. And the snatch is a, is a tool that you're gonna use to do that. So let go of the idea of any particular outcome. Let go of this picture of them actually, who knows, maybe they shock you. Maybe they do do a full snatch one. That's not the point. The point is you're gonna meet them where they're at. Maybe, they, maybe it's enough stuff they only get a little bit better, but that's as, as good as they were gonna be able to get in pursuit of this higher, the, the highest movement on this hierarchy is is as efficiently as they're going to use their time. Not every single day, yeah, but it's as as, we, as the progression calls for. We've talked about the Olympic lifts a lot, but I want to I want to go to the the gymnastics, and um, you know I always make, I always publicly when I speak about CrossFit gym, gymnastics, I always make fun of it, right? Because yeah. you're not actually. There's not a single gymnastic movement in a CrossFit workout. Yeah, the muscle up is, they're like, oh, you mean. Don't steal my joke. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, I'll let you have it. Oh, you mean getting over the rings to start the rest of my impossibly hard routine. Yeah. The you guys the, call that something? We call it getting on the rings. The, 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 <laughs> the, mu the muscle up is the start, is how you get it, start your routine, your, your, your ring routine, right? Yeah. The handstand push up, I don't, that's not even a thing, right? Handstand walking is something that, that, uh, like five year olds, five year old gymnasts, has the girls taken gymnastics? Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, can they handstand walk? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're eight, right? So that's something that, that gym, gymnasts learn very early, right? 
But these movements are just as important as far as, for me, this is like the holy grail of, of, of full body tension and understanding uh, how your body works in coordination with itself. So it's more of a kinetic chain development than, than there's some neural development there, but there's more kinetic chain development than, than anything else. And, <clears throat> you know, it's like I, we were talking about earlier. There's a reason that when the gymnasts come in, you put a barbell in their hand, they're amazing with it right away, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they, because of all that development, all those years of development and learning what their body feels like in space or how their body moves in space, then they get this this sort of sixth sense about how to how to fire their hip, how to what are they pulling earlier with their arms, stuff like that. But um, as as far as develop, I lost my train of thought. Fuck, I had a point I was going getting. You to. said we've been talking about the limit lifts. You wanted to switch yeah. over to the gymnastics because oh, the scaling of it. Okay, so the, the and developing the athletes with this for me. Gymnastics are incredible as as a as a when I used to do CrossFit, the gymnastics stuff is incredibly frustrating to me, mm-hmm. right? Insanely frustrating. Barbell, good to go, right? I I can do that all day long. But if we're talking about the development of my, I have weird length arms and weird length upper arms, and turning over on a muscle was really hard. And like developing those things was, was really hard. It was always something I neglected and I always felt bad about it because I was a worse, a worse athlete because of it, right? But we've talked about like, you know, you know how to scale, the person just starts with a power snatch and getting through a, a full range of motion. This is, this is when it's on you as a coach, especially with the gymnastics, because I sucked so bad at gymnastics, I ended up developing a really full kind of glossary of movements to develop gymnastics, uh-huh. right? Like, a, like I ended up getting very good at coaching gymnastics, or CrossFit gymnastics, very good at coaching gymnastics because there were, there were things that I had to work on myself. You knew how to address the Right, and I knew how to, all those muscle-up progressions that we used to do, the, the way that we teach the kipping pull-up, et cetera, right? The, those were things that, that, that I, had to, I had to put together because of myself in the first place. And it's incredibly important that when it's time to get an athlete inverted, you don't run away from it, right? You know your scales, you study your Carl Paoli or your, your whatever it is, right? You yeah. go to your, your seminars, right? You figure out what those coaches, what kind of cues those coaches are giving. And when, when it comes to muscle ups, right? It's important, what was the old scale for muscle ups? It was always pull ups and ring dips. Mm-hmm. So you had all these people running around that, doing, that could do all these pull ups and all these ring dips and they just could never do a muscle up, right. right? We very, very early on, 2010, 2011, wanted everybody to, to be working towards a, a, a muscle up. So we would have them on the rings, right? We'd have them, have them sitting in a ring doing just turnovers, right. stuff like that, right? Bar muscle up, same thing. We, we had a, a coach, um, Caitlin Hardy, that helped us develop a lot of scales for things like that and a lot of developmental tools. Yeah. So I don't want to completely, there's two, sets of movements up here in the in the tier one i don't want to completely focus on the olympic lifts right right well, and that's a good point you know, I, one more thing all right it's funny because if you olympic lift a lot people always assume you're trying to make like competitive lifters right, right? are we trying to make competitive gymnasts 
You know, trying to work Nobody ever assumes that. Trying to make well-rounded human beings. If you have somebody doing doing hollow or yeah, hollow rocks or mm-hmm. or arch arch holds or whatever, they never complain about you trying to make them into a, a a gymnast, right? But that's gymnastic practice. Well, and and here and this is where I want to interject some some, some more as far as messaging to the. Who action. knew this topic would be this good? I did. Did you really? I, I kind of did. Yeah, I was thinking about it all the way here. <laughs> So another thing I like to interject to our affiliate owners out there, something to keep in mind too. Um, you know, most of your people, when they come to the gym, they don't know what a snatch is. They may or may not even know, know what a muscle up is or not. And then they become consumed with the perfection and the pursuit of these highly technical movements. And that's great. We, we definitely want to take advantage of that. That's part of the whole point is they're having fun, you should, you, hopefully having fun chasing these higher end movements Right and getting fit and well at the same time instead of just sitting on, on an elliptical or reading a magazine and wasting their life away on some type of equipment right just to check a box to get fit they're they're playing a sport or learning new activities and challenging you know I, I read something recently or heard something recently there's maybe it was Joe Rogan's or uh, anyway the, you're the, obsessed with Joe Rogan right now no I'm not bro I see you did that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, anyway, the this idea, this notion that there's areas of your of your brain encoded in your DNA or whatnot that are never even expressed or never even quote unquote wake up unless you're you're trying things that are drastically different and harder and di- and challenging to what you're you're used to, right? So that challenge, the the reason that, you know it being so difficult, that's that's part of it, and it's part of expressing, giving your, yourself a chance to express your, your full potential, right? And what I mean by that is, it's and what, I, what the point I'm getting to is, it's great to have athletes and clients get obsessed with this notion, but I would strongly suggest, and working this into your messaging with your coaches, so they're giving it to your athletes as well, that you work in this this notion of okay, but don't forget to stop and smell the roses, enjoy the process, and remember that you signed up here not to be an Olympic weightlifter or a gymnast or be do a thousand muscle ups. Most people in the you know. Most people, and definitely what's the most sustainable model for your business is to sign up people that are, hey, I'm trying to stay well, to be there for my family, to be there for myself, to continue to do the things I love, to live a higher quality life, et cetera, et cetera. Hold on, let me... Let me. I know, I'm okay. just... The point I don't I'm, want to forget it. Okay. Go ahead. The point, and the point I'm making is, is that along those lines, picking up these other passions along the way, like, hey, I want to do a full snatch, I want to do a muscle up, I want to, that's great. But if they're not enjoying that process, right? If they're not enjoying the day in and day out routine of that and the relationships they're building with the other athletes and the coaches and just the routines of training and the whole experience, right? And then they, they say they train for two years and they finally get that muscle up, right? That's great. But the stoke from that is gonna last what? A week, maybe two? And it'll be a real thing, it'll be tangible, they'll be, they'll be riding that high, and then a week, maybe two, that's gonna drain away. It's gonna be old news to their brain and their body and everything else. And, and if they spent two years, is, is a week or two of, of extra stoke worth all that? In my opinion, it should, it's awesome, it should be the cherry on top of what, when they look back two years, and I met so-and-so, and I trained hard with so-and-so, and, and staying focused on that helped me get through this, this, and this, with more momentum and more mental clarity, et cetera, et cetera. And that's looking back, and I can speak from from experience on that personally because I hit some some for me what was were lifting goals, powerlifting goals, and looking back, I hit the goal. I lifted weight that I never thought I could lift or lifetime goals, and the stoke lasted a day, dude. In some cases, a few hours, and in some of those cases, those are numbers that I had been chasing for 
years. That 600-pound deadlift didn't last longer than a day. It was a couple days, man. I was super stoked, right? And I looked around, and I was like, man. But what really did last was the group of, it was a really cool group of individuals that I was training with at the time, and the faces that were there to witness it and help, help me train to get there. That was cool, and I have zero regrets. And it, but looking back and from here on out, moving forward, it's like that group of people could have been a lot bigger, right? It could have helped inspire a lot more, right? And I could have, if I asked, you know, asked my, kept my eyes on the prize as far as what's the real goal for me, which now is, you know, training for my family and to be there for my girls. I could have worked more of that into it. Maybe would have been a little bit more conservative with the timeline and not lifted so much, you know, still get to the 600 pound deadlift, maybe not so fast to the detriment of joints and ligaments, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's the real value I feel like you as affiliate owners, the passion you have for that fitness and for people around you, bringing that message in person in their daily lives to them and your coaches and other people is going to be way more fulfilling and powerful than like beginning wrapped around the axle in terms of coming up with a programming that's going to get them to the muscle up. You know, I'll be honest, when I snatched 112, yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I'll never That's forget the, mo- the cherry on top is awesome, one of the greatest dude. moments of my life. The cherry on top is awesome. That moment in and of itself is awesome. One of the best moments of, of, of our lives as athletes, we all have those moments. I'm not taking anything away from that actual moment. I'm, I'm just saying you could add to that moment by being a little bit more mindful and a little bit more present and, and putting a little bit more meaning into the whole process leading to you. I, I tell my girls that now as they get into like jujitsu and soccer, it's like, hey, that's all great, and getting and the pursuit of those sports is great. But you know, pick you know, I'm just I'm just saying, stop and smell roses, I guess. Yeah. So the takeaway, I think we'll finish this as one video and maybe address the the sort of the other movements in another one. But the the takeaway here has got to be the reason we do these movements so much is a because they are so difficult, mm-hmm. right? They must be done often so about three and a half hours ago right as we were finishing our epic discussion of tier one the olympic lifts and the high school gymnastics john's phone died so it was rudy's fault though we're gonna do tier two next so stay tuned (laughs) 